Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Reeves Jones. The Gen Zone Podcast will digest trending stories in college football and the NFL through my own personal takes and opinions. Thank you guys for listening today, and I hope you enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Zone Podcast, live from the pitch at Chapel Hill. Guys, I'm this place is one of a kind. I mean, I cannot believe I'm actually here. I'm sitting here with Graham Phillips, um, another good guy, maybe borderline to say that, but we really want to give a big shout-out to the people that are uh, giving, giving us the opportunity to you know, really record and lock in here. They've been awfully helpful. We had a, typically technical difficulties, but Willie and Maddie you know, have been a great help. Came in here about a week ago, week and a half ago, and got to meet them and showed us around place. They're very gracious and awfully great hosts. So really glad to be here and, you know, really want to grow the brand they have or are trying to achieve here at the pitch. So Willie and Maddie, thank you guys a ton. And Graham, obviously, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here. It's, we're going to get into stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun. And, I mean, this is the most comfortable I've ever felt doing a podcast. Yeah, I mean, we are in an incredible environment here. Thank you, like Reeve said, to uh, – the entire team here at the pitch, uh, Maddie, Willie, especially, really appreciate you guys, your hospitality. We've had about an hour of technical difficulties here, but Willie helped us work through them, so we're excited. And yeah, to kind of echo what Reeves just said, I'm also extremely comfortable. Thank you for the chairs y'all provided and the setup we have here in front of us. Yeah, I mean, just to give you guys a visual, we have one monitor up that's connected to my computer, so it's given us a great look at the outline I've got prepared here, and then. We're, we're hooked up here to a Rodecaster 2, and then we have some sweet new mics we've, we've been able to acquire through uh, William Barrow. And, you know, we're, so, we're also sitting in the coolest space possible. We have, we've got light rings. We've got Graham's camera recording. There's like a – we got some crazy light aesthetic going on. I mean, the ambiance could not be better in here. Like I said, just yeah. the pitch in Chapel Hill, it's awesome. But, no, basically Graham and I are just kind of experiment down here. They want to – grow the brand of podcast. I mean, they have this awesome space and they want to get students involved. So we're glad to be here. And I think Graham and I are just going to, I'm going to ease Graham into things. We're just going to talk about the um, horrific weekend that, you know, we had to witness on our fall break here with the heels going down in dramatic fashion to Virginia Cavaliers. But Graham, I'll just open it up, man. I mean, speak freely. Just what were your, what were your emotions after the game? Yeah, I think the elephant in the room, obviously frustration. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming and I've talked to a lot of people about it and you know a lot of people have different things they want to say I'm not a UNC football expert by any stretch of the imagination but I think just generally speaking um, a lot of people felt like Tar Heels just weren't really prepared um, UVA's offense had a lot of weapons firing those guys came out they played really hard um, really good play calling on their side of the field as well and Mac owned up to that you know hearing him speak after the game about just feeling like his team wasn't prepared, you know, it's really admirable of him to say that, but also something that Tar Heels definitely want to address in the upcoming weeks. Um, and then I guess just kind of notes off the top of my head, and these are things that I'm, I'm sure a lot of these your listeners, Reeves, are going to be are going to be thinking. You know, Drake May, we love the guy. He's an incredible athlete, incredible player. He's an incredible asset to UNC, and I have nothing but good things to say. But at the same time, you know, you're kind of curious. You know, maybe you should run the ball a little bit more. Um, we saw Marion not a whole lot of touches in the second half. And so that was something that had a lot of people scratching their heads. And, uh, yeah, just maybe switch up the play calling a little bit when you have weapons running and passing the ball. Yeah, I think that's a great inaugural analysis by you, by you Graham. Um, I mean, 
some points I wanted to touch on that you mentioned is just I like how our, uh, you know, I, I used to just not be a big Mac Brown fan to begin with. And he just tended to do these things like, you know, we were losing just to be like, oh, yeah, well, we, I got to have the guys pre- better prepared. I mean, I don't understand how you do not compare prepare the guys, like at least mentally, just like beat the shit out of a team that you know you're better than. I mean, like, it's just basic as that. Like, you, you sh- your guys should be coming out of the tunnel knowing they're better and they're going to dominate instead of being like, Oh, I'm on fall break time, you know, like, cause they're students, they're students with us too. I mean, shit, they're not, they're not pros. They're on the same schedule as us and they just came out flat and got behind in the game and just could never recover. They never fought with the confidence they had to bring them where they were six and oh. I mean, the quarterback can have a bad game, but we, the defense has bailed them out pretty much all season too. I mean, it's, it's been all right. I mean, UVA ran whatever App State ran against us, super affection. I saw that on Twitter. I mean, their quarterback, they're the read option. They're running the ball down our throats. But you know, Graham, you also talked about a good point. I mean, when you're when you're when you're Amar in Hampton and you're averaging five, I think you finished the game averaging five and five point nine six yards a carry. You got to keep running the ball. I mean, it, you're gonna chew clock. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna get deeper into the game and you're gonna get those short yardage situations where you can just throw your best guy out there. And that's all it is to it. I mean, you're gonna throw the ball and like Drake was highly inaccurate. We had drops too. I mean, it's all right. When you're fit when you throw fifty percent on forty eight pass attempts, I mean it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, slow, methodical game with the clock stopping a bunch. So I mean, I agree, you gotta run the ball more. It's just it's just unfortunate to see how like we can really we really bought in. We're like, Oh my god, this is gonna happen. Like we're gonna I don't I don't see how we're gonna lose and we just we just did our occasional um not showing up to play. And it's um, it's unfortunate, but I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I think we'll move on. I mean, yeah. Last, I guess maybe closing thought. If we're gonna end on a positive note here, is you know UNC still has an incredible record, still a chance to win the ACC. So I don't think by any stretch of the imagination is this like a game over for the Tar Heels this season. I think we have to stay positive and move ahead and use this as motivation versus just like depression. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been pretty negative in what I've had to, um had to say in hindsight, but I mean, we do have the the, our fate in our hands still because Clemson lost again to Miami. Um, Florida State's the only winless ACC team, I think, because Louisville lost to Pitt last week. So we're going to be kind of butting heads of Louisville, hopefully down the stretch. We, know, we do not play them, but um, that'll be a team to look out for based on our chances. But we got Georgia Tech this week. We're double-digit favorites again on the road. That's a team that always kind of gives us trouble, but <laughs> if we lose out right there, I mean, it's just – Then we'll be a little bit depressed. I think. It'll be yeah, rough. It might be bad. But I think we'll be able to bounce back when we go Georgia Tech, Campbell, and then we go Clemson. There we go. Duke, Duke at home is a pretty crazy game. That was a game that we all thought that we would we would stroll in kind of undefeated and be really excited for. But that'll be a more important game now because if we lose that game, you know, AC is out of our hands. But and Duke's at, Duke's at 20 after a big weekend, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Duke was in that game with Florida State too. Um, I don't know if you got to watching that game. I kind of watched the end. It was – yeah, started. I was there with you. Um, I was trying to watch it at the game, uh, at the UNC game. But, um, yeah, once Riley Leonard went out, um, Florida State took over. But, right. And then Clemson and State to cap it off. So, yeah, definitely a lot of interesting games ahead for the Tar Heels. But, yeah, like I said, hopefully the guys handle it well and just take it one – I mean, one game at a time, it's one loss. It's not like we all haven't been – or, you know, this team hasn't lost before, so – um, I'm sure they'll be they'll adjust well and know how to respond after the loss. But um, kind of what I wanted to do, I just I was kind of just wanted to touch on that game just because it was easy to grab. But uh, 
I kind of favor the NFL on this podcast, and uh, I just wanted to, you know, since it's Monday, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Um, it's Monday, October 23rd here at the pitch. But um, just wanted to go by each NFL game and then kind of reflect on, you know, Graham brought this up. I wasn't even planning on doing this, but just kind of revisit where I had teams and then, you know, we're seven weeks into this NFL season, so we're kind of deep in there. You kind of Teams kind of have identities and records are really shaping up. So I'm going to revisit that and just go through each week-by-week week game what stood out to me, big storylines, where I was right, where I was wrong kind of vibe. But And then I'll, I'll kind of just talk Graham's ear off, see what he's got to say about the games. He knows what he's doing. We were watching football all of yesterday. So, All right, so first game was Thursday night, Jacksonville at New Orleans. I mean, not much. Did you watching this game, Graham? I know Graham was uh, out of town for um, – I was. I, I had no real interest in this game, to be honest. I had no <coughs> fantasy Excuse investments. Me. Um so no, this was not a very interesting game. I, I did catch glimpses of it um, over at the Carolina Brewery uh, yesterday, so I watched a little bit. But yeah, so basically the Saints' offense was just, you know, their lack. I mean, they had there were two turnovers. There's a muff punt and a fumble in the first quarter, and the Saints did absolutely nothing with it. And as a Saints backer in that game, it was just a little, little brutal to watch. And then the Jags, I mean, they look they handled the Bills on the road. Superdome's kind of a tough place to play, and uh, they might be real contenders, given the fact that Colts aren't great, Titans aren't great, and um, Texans, you know, they, they'll probably do for some regression. But that's kind of all I got to take away from it. Next game was also, uh, you know, the highest scoring game of the week was uh, Cleveland at Indianapolis. Browns 39, Colts 38. Miles Garrett in the first quarter had two sacks, two forced fumbles, and a blocked field goal. He might be uh, the best defensive player in the NFL. Incredible athlete. He's always so fun to watch. Really impressive yesterday. Yeah, but um, it was more – Deshaun Watson came out that game. I mean, he looked shot. But um, Browns are 4-2 and two now, which is kind of strange. I, I, they've quietly beaten some good teams. Um, and they're they're in a good spot in the AFC North. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to keep going. I kind of had the middle of the pack at the start of the year. And um, – I, I don't know. I, I just don't believe in P.J. Walker or Deshaun, Deshaun Watson leading the rest of the season, regardless who it is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've kind of developed a little cough here, so please excuse that during the podcast, please. Um, and then the next game was uh, the Bills at the Patriots. I mean, the Bills, what's going on? I mean, their offense just looks – awful I mean it's kind of been a carryover from last year where they lost their offense coordinator in Brian Dable he's the coach of the Giants now and Josh Allen just kind of hasn't really returned to that form that we were kind of used to like where he was running all over the field and throwing bombs and kind of it looked like he had cleaned up his game but had turnovers in this game and I mean the Patriots needed this game and they got it and you know really spectacular fashion they had a game winning touchdown to Mike Secchi but I mean, it's more of a knock on the Bills. I mean, the Bills look awful. It's They have defense injuries on the defense. But, I mean, they got to get together because the Patriots just gained another game back in the division, and the Dolphins lost too. So, I mean, that helps the Bills. But For sure. And uh, what was it? I think Bills were favored. How many was 17 the points Bills, coming into the game? The Bills were they – they got all the way up to nine, I think. Uh, they were uh, laying nine, and then it got down to seven and a half by game time. So, some sharp money came in, and obviously it was – worthwhile because um the bills are just not 
they're not trustworthy to lay that points on the road or anywhere, honestly, at this point in time. But next game, I I mean, ugh, I don't even want to, I don't even really care to talk about this game. Barely watched it. Uh, Raiders at Chicago. Big storyline in this game was Tyson Badgett, a D two quarterback at Shepherd University, got his first start and win as an NFL quarterback. So congrats, Tyson. Uh, don't know if you'll be continuing to win, but um, great that you beat Brian Hoyer and the Las Vegas Raiders. But Very frustrating offensively for me there with the Raiders. Um, Josh Jacobs had mm, he was awful thirty five yards. I'm pretty sure he was awful. Which did not help the cause. It looks like Josh McDaniels is, just doesn't care about this team either. So I mean, blah. That's a that's a gag game. Next game is also a gag game. Newark Giants beat the Washington Commanders. Commanders, excuse me, fourteen to seven. Washington just looks awful. Sam Howell could only score any points. I think they missed a close field goal actually. Now that I remember, but. Howell could only score on a short field in that game. And, I mean, is Tyrod Taylor better than Daniel Jones? What do you think, Graham? I mean, Yeah, I do. I, I heard you guys talking about this uh, yesterday, and I'm, I'm kind of on that wave now. You know, it's easy to say that after seeing that performance that he put up. But, yeah, I think you could definitely make the argument. You just got to be able to throw the ball in the NFL. Tyrod started last week on Sunday Night Football against the Bills, and, uh, I mean, they were – it was probably a pass. There were two pass interference calls. One was called and got them down to one, and they, Darren Waller got his uh, jersey pulled, and they didn't call it. But uh, the Bills snuck away with the win. It's just another game where the Bills didn't look good. But maybe Tyrod's better than Daniel Jones at this point in time. Maybe I think it's more of a knock on Daniel Jones' confidence. It's just, I mean, he might just be shot. And after getting that contract, it's just I feel I feel for the guy. I mean, he's he might just not be any good. But um. Coup. <coughs> Coup. <laughs> Young Hoku. Him. He won another game for the Falcons. He won another game for the Falcons. And this game this game is just I can't even believe it happened. There were turnovers galore. The NFC South, which is as you as as most listeners know, or the division of my Carolina Panthers. God, I can't I hate possess taking possession over them, but um they are my team. A cheer for them. I'm actually repping them right now, but we hopefully beat the bye week. But the NFC South is just disgusting. I mean, this game ended 16 to 13, I think, and it was just awful. It, it looked rough. <coughs> God, battling a brutal cough. Another crazy storyline from this game was the fact that Bijan Robinson uh, was not in the injury report before the game and had no action. I took a prop of his and. I knew it was over before, but however, the prop was paid back to me in, fa- in facing him in fantasy, so that was that was great. Um, I'm hearing that it was like sickness rumors that I thought at first that it was disciplinary that you know maybe he was being a dick during in practice or some shit, but uh, I don't think it was any of that. But really weird. But they still managed to win without him. So whatever happened there needs will probably come out soon. I think the NFL is investigating whether. Uh, they should have put him on the uh, injury report or not because, I mean, that, that looks like some suspicious tampering there. But, uh, yeah, Falcons won an ugly one. Next game was, I mean, I'm sure very surprising to public. Public was all over the lines against the Ravens, and, I mean, this game wasn't even close from start. Ravens got up to 35. I think it was got up to 35. Maybe it was just 28 to nothing, and they never looked back. I mean, this game was – they had 35 points in the, at the start of the third quarter. It was, I mean – it was a joke. Lamar looks like an MVP. I mean, the only thing that I was proud of is that 
I'm a Jameer Gibbs fantasy owner, and I mean it's it's been really tedious, but he finally showed up and had a good game. But I mean. The li- is the lines hype train derailed? I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, coming into the game, I remember we were kind of talking pregame about this. So much hype, the Lions coming in 5-1. and one. A lot of people were talking about them. And then after the first quarter, we were just like, oh, my God. Like, I remember Rob and I were talking a little bit just about how much of, like, a death trap. Everybody was saying, you know, bet Lions, bet Lions, bet Lions. And Rob was just like, I don't think I can do it. And obviously ended up being a good call. I mean, 28-0 to at the half is pretty pretty brutal. And then they just, the Ravens didn't really look back and kept the – Kept the foot on the gas. Um, so, yeah, it's tough for the Lions. And I think I think the Ravens are a good football team, though. You make a good point. Is like, I think the Lions were definitely overhyped, but also give the Ravens some credit. They're a good team, really good offense. Yeah, no doubt. They've, they've been spotty in certain spots. Like, they looked pretty bad against the Steelers a couple weeks ago. But the Lions, in my opinion, just haven't really been tested that. I mean, they I know they beat, everyone will say they beat the Chiefs week one, but they beat a bad Panthers team. I'm trying to remember who else they've played. Maybe the Packers one week. Who they're not any good, but we'll get to them in a second. I'm frustrated with them, but yeah. But Ravens showed up where they had and they beat a good NFC opponent. So Ravens, you know, <laughs> it seems like the Ravens are so up and down, but they're I think they're a really sound football team, especially with Lamar just playing playing at the capacity he can play. He's a he's a really fun guy to watch. And then the, so this is the start of the four o'clock slate. It was the Cardinals and Seahawks for the first game. I mean, not much to say here. Seahawks are the most popular popular survivor pick, so people are staying alive. But I mean, they they kept the Cardinals around a lot. I mean, the Cardinals turned the ball over a ton. If they hadn't done that, I mean, it could have been a way closer game. I mean, Gino went to went to sleep in the second half. I mean, granted they're missing DK, but I thought that Jackson Smith and Jigbo would go and just would start and know take off but he kind of got he kind of went quiet to Tyler Walker was a little quiet Jake Bobo looked pretty good he had a sweet touchdown catch um those are he and Smith Smith and Jigbo will be kind of some guys to watch getting added on the fantasy rosters here soon if DK is out for extended time but Seahawks did what they did and they came out the win uh, came out the win um, yeah, and regarding DK, it sounds like Seahawks, Seahawks are optimistic, hoping to get him back on the field. Um, the exact status is unknown, but they're hoping to have him back next what's week. What's the injury? Um, I think it's, uh, let me see, due to a rib injury. Rib injury. Yeah. All right, thanks for that intel. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. So week to week, sounds like, or day to day at least. See if he practices this week. That's all you got to look out for. Um, this is probably the most frustrating game, I would say, that, I was pretty, at least through weeks three and four, I, I was pretty impressed with the way the Rams' offense looked. Um, and as we've seen of them play against, I guess, decent defenses, I, I know one game in note was the Eagles game. And then I guess now the, the Steelers' defense, who I don't think is that dominant, but they do have T.J. Watt. And I sure don't think the Steelers' offense is any good. But Steelers went in here in one outright. I thought this was a game that the Rams were, were going to win without ease for some reason. That did not happen. They struggled in the second half. Um, their kicker is bound to be cut. He's missed two kicks now for his in, in three total games. Um, kicks that would have mattered, put them up by two two scores, and they let the Steelers hang around. So, uh, Rams, I'm pissed at you, so I'm not impressed. <coughs> oh, man. That was a big cough. This is also a frustrating game. I was on the Packers against the Broncos. This this is more of a fade on the Broncos at this point. I mean, it's just it's just been so frustrating. I, 
I thought the Broncos would be a little bit better. I was really high on them last year, which was just so awfully embarrassing. But Jordan Love is just no Aaron Rodgers. He's not. I mean, if, have you seen Jordan Love hasn't done anything? It's hard. It's big shoes to fill, but he's he's not yeah. a great not a great quarterback. Big shoes to fill, but he's not any good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked like his dominant self on uh, instead of Travis Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day. Um, Kelsey went off. I mean, Mahomes had 400 yards passing. This Charger defense is, uh, I mean, they're they're an issue once again. I mean, they're they're bad. They let they let teams gash them. It's it's pretty bad. I mean, don't you have some? You have Keenan Allen, don't you, Graham? Yeah, we're we talking. Yeah, sorry. He didn't have he didn't have a great game. No, it, it's really it's unfortunate. He's been kind of hit or miss for us. Um, this week though, it was, it was pretty atrocious and you know it's it's not all on him you know there were a couple kind of uncharacteristic drops watching him throughout the game um but totaled for four receptions for 55 yards which just isn't gonna isn't gonna cut it um for old team crabby patty huh. so uh yeah it's kind of unfortunate there i mean all, across the board wide receivers are just giving a hard us a hard time this week um we've kind of struggled in that department and then especially also running backs for us we're just both under ten points, which is not gonna not gonna get it done. Yeah, it's that's uh, been a problem of mine this year. I just I've been battling injuries with guys like Austin Eckler, who did not have a great game, which I'm kind of concerned about. Of course, like I, while Eckler was hurt, I was starting to back up Josh Kelly, and of course he break he broke like a fifty yard touchdown run. Like where where had that been? Like he was putting up like three or four points in the in the weeks that I started him, but. Maybe Eckler's. I mean, I, I'm kind of. I'm. All, I'm already regretting picking him. But it's all right. A lot of season left. I got back on track this week. Gonna win both my leagues, so I'm. I'm satisfied with that. And then the, I guess there's also a game going on right now. But the the Sunday night game was, you know, what what most probably anticipated to be a shootout, and it. I mean, it wasn't really anything like that. I think that we really saw how you know, Tua, and we saw these issues last year, and you know, honestly, throughout most of his career that. He struggles on the road and then on co- in cold environments too. I don't think he's, I mean, honestly, ever won a game where the temperature was under fifty degrees. I think I saw that stat. Yep. Um. So I mean, he's got to prove he's got to prove that shit if the Dolphins want to compete. I mean, it's I don't know, but Tyreek Hill looked like his dominant self. Oh my, insane, incredible. Yeah, he's 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 MVP if he's not if he's not a quarterback. Yeah. I think Mahomes and Lamar are right there, but I mean Tyreek can absolutely sneak in. He might have two thousand yards. I mean he definitely will actually. I mean he's unstoppable and he catches a touchdown every game, and he actually might be the most like if you break down the award and you're like who's the most valued player? Yeah, I mean he's he breaks the game open every time. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I forget what play it was um, yesterday we were watching, but du- double covered. They're on the maybe twenty three yard line, and you got safety kind of playing over the top, loose, and and burns them both. And it's just like his speed is you, you can't account for it. What are you what are you gonna do? Yeah. Double cover him, he gets past both guys. Just like it's impossible battle. It's fun to watch. So but can we do a new segment, a little insert here? I'd love to. So, Reeves Jones, can you guess the score of the Niners Vikings game? It's currently ten nineteen p.m. third quarter, three minutes left to play. I actually can guess it because I I looked at it like. Two seconds ago, though. Oh, yeah. Never mind. What but do you think it is? It's nineteen fourteen. Yeah, that's correct. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey's two touchdowns. Yep. He might be MVP. Do you, do you, who's your running back? 
I have my I don't I have Austin Eckler in our league, mm. but in my in another league, I have McCaffrey. That's what I thought. And I'm pretty proud of this. I just had an epiphany. I, I had I got the number one pick in this league, and I did I opted to draft McCaffrey instead of Justin Jefferson. So that looks like wow. it's it's paying off. Pretty yeah, it's well. huge. Wish I'd. So I that that league was picked randomly. Like I drew the names out of the hat. Maybe there's some collusion involved because I was the commissioner, but. In the league that Graham and I are in, it was like you're, you got your name drawn out of a hat, and then whatever order that was in, you got to pick the number of your draft pick. Duck duck race. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Sorry, my mistake. It was a duck race, which was highly entertaining. I don't know why I left that out, but yeah, it was awesome. And I got second place in the duck race, and I was like, I want pick number six, and I had no idea who I wanted. I should have gone. I should have drafted the way I drafted my other team. Honestly, it's it's been it's been kind of rough. But you're gonna have that discrepancy in two leagues. You can't be perfect, right? But uh, Graham, do you want to talk a little bit about the pitch here? While we got, a, I mean, we, I'm still. Did you already here. cover the Miami Philly game? Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. So again, Reeves kind of said at the beginning of the show here, but just want to give a big thank you to the pitch, um, Willie and Maddie and their entire team for setting us up. So if there are any up and coming UNC media creators, students, anyone who's at all interested in video production, um, podcasting, any kind of audio production, the facilities here at The Pitch are really incredible, and so I would encourage you all to come try them. They're completely open for students, and the team here is really innovative and willing to work with you on whatever your idea is, and they'll be like super supportive. So. Um, can't kind of push that enough and then also such an incredible place because not only can you do that but there's also a coffee shop upstairs the grounds and also it's a fun place to come and get some drinks there's an up and downstairs bar um, really fun environment there's a big dj set up upstairs so i'm really hoping to kind of you know see this place grow over the coming months i think it has all the potential in the world to be one of the big sort of hubs on franklin street and uh, yeah we obviously wish them the best of luck and encourage everyone to come check out the pitch yeah, absolutely, Graham. You said that pretty pretty damn spot on right there. But, yeah, great resources. I mean, this is the inaugural podcast out of this place. And, I mean, we're videoing it so y'all can kind of get a good look at things. But, I mean, it looks so good. I mean, I like I said, I maybe I've been a little bit too relaxed. I kind of am not per, as prepared as maybe I would be for a normal podcast. Y'all might know the difference. But I just feel so relaxed. I mean, I, I just feel like I'm casually talking. I don't, I don't even really want to dive into, like, critical analysis of each game i just want to i love just talking this mic and sitting back in the chair that's more of a <laughs> and you're wearing the headphones so it probably yeah and, I'm, cool. and I, I just i feel really good right now if y'all can't already tell so we're excited anything we can <laughs> anything we can do to support the zone yeah we're absolutely. here for it i mean no Graham. I, I think that we should definitely plan on coming back here i mean this is this is a resource that I mean, I appreciate Graham. I'll speak on this. He put me onto this. He, uh, he had a connection here, and like I said, we came and checked it out, and he really was trying to get me into it. So I'm glad he did because this has been a blast so far. But hopefully to be back here and um, continue doing podcasts like this because, you know, ultimately this is like you want to be sitting here and, like, I had been, like, crouched over and, like, holding the mic's just way better. I don't know. Yeah, you feel lean, that Leaning back in the chair is huge. It's, like, super comfortable atmosphere. Oh, are you going to do – um? Do we do we have time? I mean, you might not want to cram it into this one thing, but um, uh, analyzing your power rankings. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good question. I kind of was trying to do it, but I kind of lost track of it. Just kind of the way that I had set up my outline. But I guess like I'll just talk about teams that I'm like pretty proud of where I had them at. I think like I had Jacksonville. Like in, I think I had them at ten. I was pretty satisfied. I'm pretty satisfied with how they've been playing. They have good wins. That was a great road win on Thursday night football. Pretty disappointed with the Bills and how they've been playing. I had them inside the top five. Um, some teams that had buys, like I was always high on the Bengals. They've kind of been spotty, but I think they're starting to get it back together, and the buy will most certainly help. Um, Ravens have looked good. I think the Cowboys will look really good, you know, despite the San Francisco and Arizona games. Oh, yeah, thank you, Grams. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not using my resources, but I'm looking back at my inaugural power rankings. I was not high on the Giants at all. That's look. I mean, they won, but they've looked bad. Panthers have been awful. I was not even high on the Packers. I had them at 21. They haven't looked great. Um, never high on the Patriots. They've looked pretty bad. Rams, I have them at, had them at 29, but they've been a little bit better than that. Steelers at 20. I still feel like they're probably around there. Falcons at 19. They're they've probably moved up a little bit. I mean they. They're, I just, they're not any good. If they play like the Eagles, they're going to yeah. lose by double digits. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, I had the Bears at 18. That was probably way too high. But they've won, they've strung a couple of wins together against the I mean, Raiders, who I was – I had Raiders at 22. They've not looked great either. Um, I'm just – you know, I'm going to focus – Dolphins at six was something I'm really proud of. I think they're still a top five team. I mean, they're – Fantastic offense. Their yard per play is out of this world. It's really remarkable. Chiefs and Eagles, one and two. I mean, they have the they have the highest win totals right now at six in the NFL. So that that feels pretty spot on. Um, having the Jets at nine is just kind of rough to look at, just given the fact that things just haven't gone their way. Their defense look good from time to time, but that was a, more of a pick on Aaron Rodgers than anything. Um, Lions at twelve. Was decent. Chargers at eleven is not looking great. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to judge these teams in the middle of the pack, though. It's just like yeah, for sure. I it's feel like awesome. I feel like they're kind of in the area that I thought they had that thought they would be. But um, like a team like the Browns, like I said, I just, I feel like they're gonna start regressing. I just their offense just gives me a headache. Their defense is really awesome though, but thirty eight points to the Colts is unacceptable. Um, besides that, nothing really stands out crazy to me. I mean, what do you think? Do you have any no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. Um, I think you hit, you know, one and two are really impressive. Um, spot on. Can't really account for the Jets, obviously. Everybody kind of bought into that. Yeah. Also, I feel like everybody was kind of buying into the Bears hype early on. Everybody loves Justin Fields. Like, thought this was going to be his year. I feel like we've been Yeah, I think I just didn't really account for the fact that their, like, roster in general just – wasn't great. I mean, they were the worst team in the NFL. It's not like you get that much better. I mean, they added DJ Moore. He's looked pretty solid, but like, he's not in my. I mean, he's y'all know this. I mean, he's not in the top tier wide receivers in the NFL. Right. He was never that way on the Panthers. That's why I was never like that. Like, heard about him getting traded. I mean, I, I'm like, all right, whatever. He didn't really do anything here, so. But I mean, I do feel good about those. I yeah, mean, overall, I mean, I would I would give Reeves some credit here. I think this is probably <laughs> a definitely above average preseason power rankings. So congratulations, Reeves. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's hard. It was hard when I made those rankings to like really gauge like the the middle middle and like 
don't know, like probably that 22 to 13 range. But I feel like the top, you know, 12 teams I had in there have like looked all right. My not Chargers haven't, Jets haven't, but like every other team in there is like still in there. I wish I was a little bit higher on the Niners. They've looked pretty damn good. But I like they had I had them at five, so I'm not like that upset about that. But you know, teams like the Cardinals, Panthers. I think I was just I think I was higher on the Panthers just because I was a fan. Though. Yeah, I wish you would have done college football too. I, would, I was kind of expecting that. Yeah, well, actually, let's let's revisit that while we're at, so I had a you have you have you have yeah you have okay. the top twenty five AP poll, okay. but you didn't do like a power. Yeah, breakdown. I think that was okay. Yeah, I will talk about that for a second. Actually, I don't mind that. So the AP top twenty five like still looks about the same. I think I was very hard on FSU, which uh, just hasn't looked good. I was on their under win total, which is embarrassing at this point. Um, I had them at ten in the in the preseason poll, which is basically like my power rankings before the season started, and now they're you know. Top four teams. A little bit higher on Bama than I probably should have been. Penn State, I thought I could look good at minus the Ohio State game. LSU's been disappointing. Washington, who I was pretty high on, was looked pretty pretty good. Actually, they did not look great last week, but... <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But their quarterback, Michael Penix, who I have a future on, has looked great. So is J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback of Michigan. They're the, I think they're the leading... Granted, the Heisman's up for uh, anybody right 100%, now. 100%. 100%. Um, but I gave out those Heisman futures, and um, they're uh, on some books, I think most books, they're still the, the top two. J.J. McCarthy's really really started to play well. Where do you see Drake after this week? He's not going to win the Heisman. He's not going to win. We don't – Yeah. So the, the problem that, you know – when I was when I was looking ahead of our schedule, um, yeah, nothing really on that college football. Like, I mean, so much has happened. It's like I should have been better about college football. No, I mean it's good. I mean, you whenever going over the AP top twenty five is about all all you can do really. Um, yeah, yeah. The win totals is also yeah. National championship, you still like the dogs? Dogs. Who else? I have Washington in there. So Ohio State. And Washington. Yeah, I mean, all three of those teams are still undefeated, so I still feel pretty good about that. But, I mean, I feel the best about the Heisman bets that I made. Those are pretty good, and I feel pretty satisfied with those. But, no, I mean, UNC, the problem with their upcoming schedule is that we have a we have two more home games, but one of them against Duke, which would be a quality win, and then the other against Campbell, which is like the college football committee and, like, Heisman committee is just not going to – they're not going to value that game at all. Yeah, for sure. The problem, but – I will say, as surprising as it is, Drake threw for over 300 yards against UVA. If I'm correct. Yeah, because he threw the ball 48 times. Yeah. What was his? What did? What, do you know his completion? It was like he was 24 for 48. Yeah. 50%. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna kill him. It's not it. But uh, no, I don't I don't mean to shut it down, but I want to be uh, courteous of, of our host here. Like I said, Willie and Maddie. Um, it's it's getting kind of late here, but we were <laughs> we were literally going through the most difficult. Like we could not, we're on this like sweet like. Been here for like panel. three hours. Yeah, but I don't. Who gives a shit? It's been a blast. Um, it's been. But yeah, we're gonna wrap it up, Graham. I mean, I thought you you're, you've been killing it. It's, it's Thanks been, for having yeah. me, Reeves. Yeah, absolutely appreciate it. But uh, like I said, you know, we talked about the pitch a little bit. Graham spoke on it well, but just thanks again to Maddie and Willie. Um, definitely hope we can have the opportunity to come back here and 
record again. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed this conversation, Graham. Thank you again, Reeves. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this week's episode of The Gen Zone. Hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, stay tuned on Instagram. Thanks.